We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brian, are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? Of course. I love it. I love when you're here for rapid-fire. Okay, so number one, right out of the gate, Tom Brady obviously retiring from the NFL again, did his little video from the beach or wherever the heck he was. When you think of Tom Brady, what comes to mind? Open-ended. Well, it's kind of twofold. The first one is just an appreciation for greatness. always respect greatness. And he was a great player. We can get into a lot of other things that were brought up on our show today. Is he the greatest of all time, et cetera, et cetera? Like, okay, that's that's much more debatable. Uh, say, if I had to pick a quarterback for my all-time team, he's not it, right? Doesn't mean he wouldn't be in consideration, but he's not it. Vince, you know who that pick would be for me. I do, I do. But the other part is like, there's the other part, like, but just like a, a, a great player that just kind of got on my nerves because he's just so dang whiny. Yeah. You know, like, so I have those twofold things, but yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, though, the guy was a tremendous competitor and, and a tremendous winner. And whatever you think about him personally or how the media covered him or whatever the case may be, the guy was a, a, a great player. And anytime you see someone who's great that is no longer going to do it or do it great, you just kind of, you know, tip your cap and realize, hey, I'm not going to get to watch that again. But then you start thinking, that's why I'm glad we have YouTube and NFL films and all that other kind of stuff so I can pop it up. But no, he was a, a great player, a great, com- more than a great competitor. You know, he, he reminded me so much of like the Jordan, I said this earlier in the show, he reminds me so much of the Jordan Bird era, sure. where it wasn't that they were just great talents, but they those were super competitive guys, man. Sure. Just like tremendous. Like they didn't sit out games. They didn't do the whole... What what do they call it now? Like the rest? What do they do in the what do they call in the NBA when guys oh, don't play? Uh, load management. Load management. Bull load crap. management. Like That's that so wasn't ter- how the NBA terrible. players were back then. Uh, oh. You know, it's like I didn't want to miss one of the eighty two games. I wanted, to, and it's not because they felt an obligation to the fans. It's because they were competitors. Yes, they wanted to win and dominate every time they stepped the field. And Tom Brady had a lot of that. You know, he sure. he had a lot of that. Oh, he's a competitor. No, yeah. I mean, that's what made him 
as good as he was, right? Because he wasn't because super. He wasn't John Elway, Josh no, Allen, Pat Mahomes. No, no, he physically didn't have half talent the talent wise. as most no. of those guys. And but he was competitive off the field with his diet and his regimen, and he kept himself in great shape. All of those things led to you know, and his study habits. All of those things led him to being great, no doubt. Right. And yeah, and obviously he had you know an IQ, but. What I think about when I think of Tom Brady, outside of the fact that he went to Michigan, of course, that's up. But that's not the first thing that I think of because, to be honest with you, I don't remember him at no. Michigan. I, he was very he one of the best. He, he he played in one of the best bowl games I've ever seen. Okay, the Orange Bowl his last year when they played Alabama and came back and beat Alabama when Alabama had Sean Alexander as their running back. That was a, a an amazing bowl game. I think it was like ninety nine. So I have to it was. It. I'd have to go back yeah. and watch it. <laughs> no, you, you know? seriously watch it. That's I mean, my freshman well, year in college, so I definitely yeah, did not watch it. I don't know if you're going to want to watch it, Vince, because I think Michigan won. Well, I think that's fair. But yeah, Michigan won 35 34. I think the Alabama kid missed a game tying extra point Ooh. at the end. But if you can get past the fact that it was Alabama, I mean, that was Michigan, it was a great game. Just a grim. It's back and forth the whole game. Some names from that, David Terrell, Sean Alexander, Freddie Millens, Anthony Thomas. So just some great names, just some great names. Uh, great ball game. It was constantly yeah. back and forth. It was 14-0 Bama. Then Michigan came back and tied it. Then Bama went ahead 28-14. Michigan came back and tied it. They went to overtime. Michigan scored in overtime. Bama then scored, and then they missed the extra point. So it was a tremendous game, just a great game. So, yeah, that that's something I'll always uh, – I'll always remember about him is, is he was part of that, that, yeah. that big. And I'll always remember the, the Drew Henson controversy, how Michigan fans and coaches yeah. just tried so hard to push Drew Henson. And every time they did, you know, Tom Braves just there to step in and win you a game, you know, but <laughs> right. uh, yeah, he was a great so competitor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. My Honestly, my biggest memory, and I, I, I was never a, a Tom Brady fan, I'll be honest with you, but that... First Super Bowl 
it was technically the 2002 Super Bowl, but you know it was after the 2001 season and everything that went on. And they they did feel very much because they were the underdog going yeah. into that game. They felt kind of like America's team at the time. Like I don't know what it was. I found myself rooting for the Patriots in that particular game. And when they won, it was yeah. you know the last second field goal, Vinatieri, all all of that. It was like, oh yeah. man, this is awesome. They were the, I mean, because it was after the two, it was the two thousand one season. Yeah, correct. And it was yes. the two thousand two Super Bowl. Correct. Yes, and it was after the two thousand one season. They were the Patriots, the red, the white, blue. Yes, the underdogs. I mean, even the logo yeah. was like the United yeah. States of America. Yeah, with stripes, and it was the colors. Yeah, of the Patriots. It was I a mean, very fitting, very yes. fitting Super Bowl. Winner, right. there's no doubt. The other thing too about that about that um, that season, I'll never forget that because I remember the night before 9/11, I was up watching the Broncos Giants Monday night game, and that was the game Ed McCaffrey's career got ended with a bad injury. Remember that? And then I just I remember the next morning being in the office, getting a call from my mom. She's like, are, "You know, are you watching TV? Have you heard what's going on?" And and then you just get told. So I got in my car, went home. And by the time I got home, they were showing the the second plane had hit and they were showing the replays of it. And um, it was like, wow, like our world's never going to be the same. And then later that day when the, they fell, you just like knew like the life I had yesterday is never going to be this. Our, our country's never going to be the same as it was. And, and it, 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 it isn't. It hasn't been. I didn't work close. And um, yeah, it was. uh I'll never forget that. But then, like you said, there was so sports is what unified us, right? Oh, 100%. You know, wh- whether you like George Bush or not, you remember that first pitch he threw out against Yan- Yan- Yankee Stadium where he just threw a strike. You know, you you remember the World Series that year. You remember sure. you remember the the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. I mean, sports unified us in a lot of ways. Oh, yes. And um I don't know if it can do that anymore, but it, at the time it did. Yeah. And it was And you could just pa- feel it. Yeah. You felt like there, there was some you felt like there was some some higher power was guiding the Patriots to the Super yes, Bowl that year. Absolutely. <laughs> no absolutely. Doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I, and that's probably why I was rooting for him. Cause you know, of course I didn't have a dog in the fight with the Rams and the, the Patriots. Yeah. Like, I haven't had a dog in the fight since 1985. So, yeah. all right. Anyway, uh, next question, Jaden Rashada, the former Florida commit just committed to Arizona state. This means blank for former Notre Dame quarterback, Drew Pine. Means he better start well. Look, I don't think Jaden Rashada is the typical <clears throat> come in and play right away guy. He's okay. very raw. He's very talented, but he's very raw. Uh, he's very. Um, he's just going to need time. He's a boomer bust guy. He may okay. never pan out. He, you know, he but he could also be phenomenal. But if he's as good as we think, he's probably going to need some time. So if Drew Pine's not balling in the first half of the year, assuming he wins the starting job, which, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a given. Sure. But assuming he wins the starting job, he better play well early and lead them to, lead them to some victories. Because if he's not playing well, because here, here's the deal, Vince, they're not going to have a whole lot of wins at uh, Arizona State where they're going to beat a ranked team by rushing for – 980 by throwing for 86 yards <laughs> right 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 and the schedule's not easy early for him it's southern utah w but then it's oklahoma state fresno usc at cal it's not gonna okay. be super easy for him 
And if they're struggling at that point in time, you got Colorado at home and then a bye week. Don't think that they won't make a move on going into that Colorado game and they give a bye week. And then after that, it's at Washington, home against Washington State, at Utah, at UCLA, home against Oregon, home against Arizona. It's not going to be an easy schedule. So if he's not playing well early, they will move on. So what does it mean for Drew Pine? It means he better play well early yep, if he yep. wants to hold on to his job. Yeah, I hope he, he does. I, I got no beef with Drew. Oh, I don't either. I just thought it was interesting that they land that kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was – there's no way Drew Pine's sitting at home and sees that on his Twitter feed. He's like, all right, let's go. Like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Exactly. The heat just got turned up just a little bit on Drew Pine. And I'm not saying he can't handle that. You know, he's he's been in the limelight. He's been at Notre Dame. Like, go ahead and turn the heat up. Let's see what happens with Drew Pine. But uh, it's not going to be a given anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it was before, but – the heat just got turned up a little bit. And I, yeah. like I said, I think that could be good for him. So we'll see. That'll be good. All right. We're going in the way back machine here a little bit. The 2000 Baltimore Ravens are getting their own 30 for 30 named the bullies of Baltimore. So Brian scale of one to 10, the chances that you will watch. At some point, probably a nine. Okay. Well, I watch it when it comes out. I'm not saying like you're going to be standing in line at a theater or anything, but like, is that something that piques your interest? Are you going to watch that? I think, look, I I'm, y'all know I'm pretty anti ESPN, but I've said before that type of product is the best stuff that they do by far. Agreed. The 30 for 30 series is just, I mean, it's like, it's hard to find. The only bad ones they've had are ones that I just don't care about the topic. There was one I can about like, I don't know, like gambling or something like that. Like just didn't, didn't care. Just right. didn't, there's one about racing. I just don't care. I don't, I don't, it, racing doesn't interest me, but like everyone that I've watched, the, the topic interested me. They've all been great to some degree. And some of them have just been like some of the best TV you'll ever watch. I mean, right. You know, the, you, the ones on the, you are tremendous, oh, Fantastic. you know, Catholics versus convicts was good. I didn't love it because I didn't, the, the whole, Oh, I was so offended by the Catholics versus convict shirt. Shut up. You know, like shirt made by college kids. That annoyed me. Yeah. You know, I got to listen to Chuck Todd whining about this. just really hurt my feelings. Dan Lebetard. I just was really sad by this. Like, shut up. Yeah. You You know what I mean? Like lighten up, you know, but um, I just hate when people put modern sensibilities on something that happened 30 years ago, you know? Um, But other than that part, that was a really good show. Right, a really, really good. I thought they did a good job. Like the best that never was about Marcus Dupree, phenomenal. That was a really good. It was one. great. Um, the Pony Excess about that the was, SMU that was great. I learned a lot because I yeah I had no idea the all the details yeah. that went into that because I was too young. Yeah, and so that one was really interesting. The Celtics Lakers one they did, which was like a three parter. That okay. one was awesome. They did okay. a great one on that one too. So then one of uh, actually this wasn't a thirty for thirty, but they did a documentary on the eighty three draft, the the quarterback draft. Yes. You know, yes. and they had the agent who was Elway and Marino's agent. Yeah, we went first, and that was awesome. And he had all of his notes. Like, yes, he was smart enough. Yes, to take all those yes. notes. Yes, which was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It was great. Time. It was so well done. Oh, so when ESPN does stuff like that, it's first class, man. It's so good. Yeah. And so I'll watch it eventually. I just, I, I mean, I won't be like dying to like watch it the minute it comes out, but I'll, I'll probably be, watch it relatively soon after it comes out. I mean, yeah, I'll probably record it. And, I don't know when it's coming out. I just saw that it was announced, but if it comes out now, 
I'll probably watch it like in the summertime when I'm jonesing for some football. Like that's, yeah, that's when I'll throw it in, yeah. you know, at night when the kids are in bed, like I need some football, I need a football fix. Oh yeah. The Ravens documentary. I'll watch that. Right. Like that. So I'll watch. So it's a 10 cause I'm going to watch it, but yeah, I'm not going to be like, okay, when does it come out? When does it come out? Like that? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not there. Well, And I promise you that there's going to be a lot of storylines about it. Right. And like the Trent Dilfer and there's just a lot of things, but oh, then sure. like what happened, right. You know, they're going to talk about what happened right afterwards. Cause with Ray Lewis. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, the, that they're going to discuss as they should. I mean, it was an right. interesting topic, but yeah, that's going to be a very, well, it'd be interesting how they treat it. I mean, I, yeah. You know, that whole part. Yeah. Of uh, somebody just mentioned the one about um, the red, the, the one about the Red Sox. That was great. It was good. So there's just been so many of those, so many of those that are just yes. excellent. Just hundred percent. Excellent. I wish ESPN did more of that and less of the other crap that they do. Like how many talking heads do we need to have all day talking about the same freaking thing? All you know, so day long. Yeah. I so. honestly, I don't even watch ESPN except for the games. I and mean, even that same. has been, even that has been the production and the quality has not been great. No. Uh, of those. No. So it hasn't. Yeah. It's not good. All right. Next question. It is blank. The Deion Sanders now has the last two number one corners, according to the recruiting services. Good for college football. I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but I, I hope Deion keeps getting top players. Because, like, when is Notre Dame going to – what chance did Notre Dame have of getting Travis Hunter or Kermani McLean? Good call. Zero. Send them to Colorado. But you know who else, who did have a chance? Clemson, right. Bama. Georgia, Ohio State, right? So, will Notre Dame lose some kids to Colorado? Sure. But you know what? They're not losing them to Alabama. I've always said this. I want more good teams in college football. I want Miami to come sure. back. I want Florida State to come back. I want I want Tennessee to come back. I want Texas to be great again. I want I want those teams. I, I didn't like it when USC sucked. I've said this before. I want Washington to, to kind of get back to who they are because – the more you see that, the more this talent gets spread out. And then that's good for Notre Dame because Notre Dame will always have that unique pull for some kids. Mm -hmm. I don't think it hurts Notre Dame as much if those teams are effective or, or, or more or, or better and, and, and winning more games. It, it takes kids away from Bama. It'll take kids away from Georgia. It'll take some kids away from Ohio State and LSU, much more so than it'll take kids away from Notre Dame, in right. my opinion. And I think it's good for college football. Right now – do I want it to be because you're offering kids millions of dollars as enticements? No, but even if they change NIL, they're going to have a lot of money pouring into that Colorado program in order to get guys to, you know, to, to, to so the current players have NIL deals, which I'm all about. Right. And then, sure. you know, guys want to go there. Cause you know, you're going to Colorado and play for Dion and they got Aflac and they got Nike and got all this other stuff. You're going to get yours. Okay, cool. Then, then, then that's awesome. Do that. Yeah. I know not everybody agrees with that. There's there just seems to be this weird like anti Dion thing. Like he has to earn something, and I'm like, okay, I get that, but like let's not forget the fact that the guy took a a really bad Jackson State team that I think the previous seven or eight years had like one winning season at Jackson State, and they went twenty three and three in his two years basically as a full time coach because the first year was COVID. They went four and three as the COVID years weird weird COVID year. They went twenty three and three. Right. Well, they got a bunch of trans. Yeah, exactly. Dion's going to attract players to go play for him. 
Sure. And I think there's this other thing that there's this assumption that Dion can't coach. Now, can Dion out coach Nick Saban? No, he's been a coach three years. Like, of course not. But you don't go 23 and three just because you recruited some transfers, right? Like, they can clearly coach to a degree. He's made some right. good hires already at Colorado. You know, Tim Brewster's not a not much of a human being, but the guy can freaking recruit. You know what I mean? And he knows how to get money from one place to another place where it needs to be. He's always been great at that. And, and so he's made some good hires. And, you know, that's a big part of being a successful coach is, is. hey, I don't have this experience. Let me some hire some other guys that do have that experience. So, look, people can get upset and then their feelings about, oh, Dion's this and Dion's that. And then some of the antics that Dion does, I don't particularly care for. But, you know, everybody's got their own, you know, favorite slice of pie, right? But the results are what they are. And and Dion to me, is going to do a lot more damage to the Alabamas, the Clemsons, and those teams than they're going to do to Notre Dame. And I am a big fan of the talent being spread out in college mm-hmm. football. Yeah. A big fan of that. Yeah. And Dion helps with that. Washington being good again helps with that. People may not like it, but Lincoln Riley is good for that. Right? And so I, I want to see it. Texas yeah. winning more games is good for that because that means fewer kids going – you know, they'll beat Bama for a kid or two here or there. And Bama doesn't need to lose their top 15 recruits not be as good. It's like just of their top 15, one team takes this guy, one team takes that guy, one team takes – here's an example. If USC was the current USC, Bryce Young's at USC, not Alabama. So remember, Bryce Young was originally committed to USC. He's a modern-day kid and then decommitted because of all the issues going on at USC and flipped to Bama. If Lincoln Riley was the head coach when Bryce Young was still in high school, and then who's Bama's quarterback now? Yeah, right? They haven't recruited quarterback all that well in recent seasons. So, to me, that's good for college football, in my view. It's good for college football when the talent gets spread out more. It's good for Notre Dame. Agreed. So, yeah. I think that's the best point you made. I mean, you made a lot of really good points, but that's the best point. Spread the talent out. Yeah. Because you don't want all the talent going to Alabama and Georgia. Clemson and Georgia and Ohio State or – you know, pick your three to four teams. You don't want all the talent going there. Spread it out. No Texas, USC, Colorado. I Colorado can have them all. Or not all, but Colorado can have a bunch. That's fine. I I still like where Notre Dame's place is, and I agree with Anthony well, on this one that I don't think Notre Dame and Colorado are going to be going head to head a lot on the trip. Not a lot. No, you know, I agree. Not with a lot that. because especially in Florida, because where are those two big time players from? One was from Georgia, one was from Florida. Well, Notre Dame's not getting a five-star cornerback from Georgia. They're not getting a five-star right. cornerback from Florida. Like, those right. kids are not looking at Notre Dame no matter what. Exactly. So, but you know, again, they're going to look at Bama. They're going to look at Georgia. They're going to look at Ohio State. They're going to look at Clemson and LSU. Well, they didn't go there. Went to Colorado, Jackson State. Right. <laughs> go Great. for it. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 all for it. I'm all for it. Absolutely. All right. This was the final question, but it's not going to be the final question tonight. Other than football. What is your favorite Notre Dame sport to watch? So you're not covering. You're just going to watch. What's your favorite sport? Women's basketball team. Okay. Number one, I like winners. Number two, I'm a basketball purist. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but but women's basketball, when done right, I'll say it's women's basketball has the greatest disparity between the really good and the bad, like just the ugly. Oh, yes. But women's basketball played in its purest form by talented girls that are coached well is a really fun thing to watch. 
And this current women's basketball team, to me, is fun to watch. I mean, you've got a dynamic point guard that 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 does some crazy. I mean, she's she makes more highlight reel passes than anything that you're seeing from the men's team right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a team where it, it's a different player every night stepping up. One night it's Lauren Ebo, the next night it's Maddie Westfeld, the next night it's Sonia Citron. Olivia Miles does her thing. If she's not, if her shot's not falling, she'll just go out and have five steals and eight assists and six rebounds. You know what I mean? And they just they battle back. They 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 they've they've had some comeback wins. They come they deal with adversity well. They're recruiting well, and so it's just a fun product to watch. I mean, I prefer men's basketball when it's good over women's basketball because the explosiveness is. I, I like the occasional sure. alley oop and you know, dunking on people, but I don't like it when that's all you're doing. Right. Right. Like that's why I think Kentucky basketball for years has just been boring to watch. It's just a bunch mm-hmm. of really tall athletic guys can jump it's and run. Street but ball. They don't it's just play. a bunch of street ball. But it, I don't, I don't think I wouldn't say that about Kentucky. Some <clears> of it is, it's just more of that. There's not a lot of skill. They can't really shoot. They they're just tall athletic and they run and defend, but it's not fun basketball to watch. I like basketball in its purest form, which is, playing tempo, passing, set running sets, you know, like that's why I hate the NBA. It's like the last oh. every time I watch it's like just a bunch of pick and rolls and it's ISO. slow and it's just like it's just you know, ISO. they don't defend. It's ice and just blah, this isn't basketball. Like I I in part of it's where you when you grew up, I grew sure. up in an era when you'd watch the Celtics and Lakers and they'd go on a fast break and the ball hit the ground once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cuz it was just bam 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 bam. And the Celtics were a bunch of slow dudes, but they could, I mean, they would go on breaks. They would score. They, you know, they, they're fighting around, getting on picks and all this other kind of stuff. Like, that's what I love about basketball. I love where you've got to run sets. You've got to move the ball. You've got to pass. You've got to attack. And I think women's basketball, and it's when it's when it's done right, does that. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Gino or Oriema, but the fact is, is that guy doesn't just win because he gets the best players. He gets the best players, and he teaches them how to play the game, and it's impressive to watch. Now, his recent teams haven't been as good as some of his past teams, but like that's what I loved about that Notre Dame team that had the the national championship, and then the next year went to the championship game again and lost. But that team knew how to play basketball. Yeah, you know, and um, I think this team isn't as good as that team, but it's it's fun to watch. Now they're going to make a run. I mean, I don't know how far they'll go, but they'll make a run. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind. For me, it's baseball just because I love baseball and I love – I. one of the things I got to do when I first started into this business was calling games with Sean Styers, you know, back in the day. And I just love watching Notre Dame baseball whenever I get an opportunity. But a very close second would be the women's basketball team for everything that you just mentioned and because I also love to go and support Sean. So, sure. Um, yeah, I just like excellence. Right. Yeah, Vince? I, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's why the first time I've really watched the baseball team since I've been covering their name is the last two years under Link Jerry sure. because they were good. They were good. I don't like watching bad sports. I don't like watching bad right. football. I don't like watching bad baseball. I like watching excellence. Yeah. Because you're talking about as a casual fan because I don't watch any of those sports oh, like religiously. Sure. I like excellence. And the yeah. women's basketball team right now is excellent. The baseball yeah. team under Link Jarrett was excellent. I'm hoping that I'm hoping. Coach Schaefer can do the same thing because yeah. you watch them play in the in the postseason events. I mean, they 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 knew how to play. They knew how to yeah. run. They knew how to move awesome. runners over. They could play great defense. Yeah, that's what was so disappointing about that one game they lost because uh, they can't. That uh, was it against Mississippi State the year before yes. in the College World Series. Like they just they lost one of those. They dominated the other two. You know the the other games, but that one game they lost. 
They lost because they just were doing things they weren't used to doing. They were kicking the ball around and stuff. Right. But that that was so un, unusual. That team just Correct. knew how to play. Yes. With no no first round picks or anything like that. They just knew how to play. They were well coached. So I like excellence. And so yeah, that's why I've enjoyed the baseball yep. team. But um yep. just you see more of the women's team. You don't get to see as much of the baseball team. Right. Oh, two. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Yep. All right, last one, and uh, this was a mailbag question, but I think we're going to – I decided to bring it up during rapid fire. This is kind of a healthy one. Uh, We're going to try to get through it as quick as we can, but we'll see. All right, Coach Koch, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. He goes, here's one. Pulling from players from 2000 on, what uh, what does your all-star lineup look like? O-line – oh, he wants us to go too deep on the O-line. Three running backs, tight end three deep at receiver can be the best or your favorite players. Then he wants us to do it on defense too. Yeah. So number one, I'm naming starters. I'm not okay. going too deep. I'll okay, name starters. You. And then like my next off the bench is the best I'm doing. Uh, so here, here, so let's, uh, let's start off a quarterback. Can you just go position by position? Bench, both give ours. Perfect. Quarterback. I'm going Brady Quinn. Yep. You can make a case for Jimmy Clausen, but I want a leader at quarterback and as beautiful Correct. of a ball as Jimmy threw and Everett threw. They not two of not the leaders. best pure passers. They weren't great leaders. Yeah. I'm going Brady Quinn, a quarterback. Okay. Agreed. Running back. So this is from 2000 on. <clears throat> I wish I could do Jerome Bettis, but I can't. Yeah, he's so from 90s. 2000 on, I'm probably going with Julius Jones. It's probably where I'm going there. Okay. That's my number one back. Interesting. Okay. My number two back, because I, I think that's one you want to give a number, give two backs. My number two back, that's a that's an interesting one. Vince, who would you have at run? Is your one running back? I like Julius Jones. He was there when I was watching a lot of games as a student. Um, oh, who who was uh, Brian Kelly's first like the the, the kid that he converted what? from defense? From defense? Yeah. What, what was a, wasn't he a quarter? about CJ Procise? Yeah. Thank you. Procise. That was in fifteen. Yeah, I think having him on there as a as the second back would be great because he's very versatile. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, my my number that's a good one for the number two, just because you could see that's kind of why I think you can make a case for like a Theo Riddick sure kind of oh, guy. Absolutely. And it's also a case where you could I think to me my number two would be Darius Walker because he'd be my third down back. Okay. Darius Walker's my third down back would be really good. Really good because he could catch the football. So that would be my running back. Who's your starting receiver? We're gonna go eleven personnel events. So who's your starting okay. receivers? I mean, from two thousand on, you have to go Wolf Fuller. I mean, he has to be in that conversation. Okay. You have to go Michael Floyd. You have to go Golden Tate for me. I, okay. I know with all due respect to Jeff Samarja and Mo Stovall and Raymond McKnight and sure. like 
to me, that's that's my that's my trio. See, I was gonna try to find a place for Samarja because I he just went one of my favorite players of all time. Right. It just you I could just take Floyd off if you wanted to. I just to, loved I him. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's who I would take off, but I don't know that I could. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that would that's the problem. The three that you named are the three best in that yeah. stretch. And they play they play best But then my next two, my next two guys off the bench uh are most Oval and Samarja. That's yeah, my next that's two fair. off the bench. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm playing five guys. There's no doubt. Right. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Tight end. It's Michael Mayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just... it's him and Eifert. It's a tough one. It's sure. A, if I'm if I'm going 12 personnel, that's easy. It's my, it's Eifert. And now here's a question, Vince. Would you be better off being 11 personnel with those three receivers or 12 personnel with two of those receivers Ooh. and then Eifert and, and Mayer? Can I just have it all? Yes, can you I can. Just, you can, can I just yeah. have it all and just rotate it yes. around? <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Somebody asked about, asked about Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool had like one good year at Notre Dame. He just wasn't yeah. disciplined enough for me. Yeah. Most, with the exception of of Stovall, all the guys that we mentioned had multiple big years, mm-hmm. right? And and Claypool just wasn't. He was incredibly talented, but he just didn't. He didn't bring the same consistency year after year and the same focus as those other guys. He, yep. They were dogs. Chase yep. was just incredibly gifted. He wasn't a dog. Those guys were all dogs, man. Yep. They were they were just oh boy, they wanted the football. Yeah. So. Um, but you can't go wrong. I mean, if you wanted to add Chase Claypool, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just right. explaining why he's not on mine. Right. Offensive line, left to right, Vince. This one's a little bit tougher because there's been some great ones. But for me, left to right, I'm going Zach Martin at left tackle. Okay. I'm going Quentin Nelson at left guard. Obviously. Uh, right tackle for me is probably probably Ronnie Stanley. Okay. But I'm really tempted to go with McGlinchey because when McGlinchey was at right tackle, he was phenomenal. But I'm probably going to go Ronnie Stanley. Um, my guard, my second guard, that's a little bit of a tougher one. So from 2000 on, because I know I'm missing some guys that played in the 2000s. Um, but so so anyway, but left to right, oh center, oh because I keep one, I keep wanting to say Jeff Fain, but I can't, I can't do Jeff Fain yeah, because he was in the 90s. Yeah, he's too old. So uh, I'm trying to think, like, because like, uh, Rosenthal was in the 90s. Yeah. Pettigrew was in the 90s. Hmm. So we got Zach Martin. Well, do you, first of all, do you agree with the ones I've given you so yes, far? Yes, 100%. Zach, Zach Martin, left tackle. 100%. Uh, I would Quentin definitely Nelson. go with Stanley over McGlinchey for sure. Yeah. My My other guard. The only, I mean, it's cheating, but you could move Martin into guard and put McGlinchey out of tackle. You could, you could. I mean, he he became that. In the, I was trying to stick as much as I could. I, no, what I they played complete, in college. Yes, I I, I think yeah. that those should be the rules. I'm just yeah. saying that. So it's kind of cheating. Uh, yeah. But if you're trying to get your best five out there, yeah, no, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. I mean, you had Mike Gandy was a pretty good player. You know, uh, boy, that's center a, a tough center is a tough one. I, you can't really go wrong. And with there's Jared Chris Patterson Watt center. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I probably yeah. In the 2000s on, um. Well, you know, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now Jeff Fain played missing? in the 2000s. Oh, did he? Correct. I'm pretty sure Jeff. I thought he was Fain, the 90s guy, but but I thought he right. but I thought he finished his career in the 2000s. I could be wrong. Yeah, he was drafted in 03. 
Oh, okay. So Jeff Fain's my son. Oh, well, there you go. I thought yeah, he was in the 90s. Easily. I, I was too at first. Yeah, I was too at first. Completely agree with you then. That's yes. an easy one. That's Jeff yes. Fain. That, 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 he was a dude. <laughs> Jeff Fain oh. is definitely, he's definitely my center. Yes. With all due respect to John Sullivan, who I never cared much for, and all those other guys, he is he is that one. Yeah, so now we're gold. down to our last guard. So who are the options? You've got Aaron Banks. Uh, you know, Again, we're going to talk about guys who played guard. you got Aaron Banks. you got Alex Bars. Uh, let's see here. Chris Watt. Chris Watt was a good one. Mad. Uh, Dan Stevenson. Mike Gandy was one. And those are really it. I'm I'm probably gonna go. I'm gonna probably go Chris Watt just for like Aaron Banks. His last year at Notre Dame was really good. Sure. But he was just kind of okay. And you know those other years, I'm probably gonna go with. Um, quit. Well, yeah. Quit. Chris Watt had just a. I'm going to kick your ass mentality, he was, though. Yeah, I just he was. And I love that for my guards. You're, yeah. you're telling me I get to have Chris Watt and uh, Nelson Quint, at guard? And, and like, Jeff Fain at center? Like, come that's on, a bunch man. of maulers right there, cuz. Yeah, exactly. That's a bunch of maulers right there, that's son. A, There's no doubt about that, man. That's, right. Those are some flat. We're going to fight you and beat yes. you. And yes. you may beat us, but you're going to have to kill us. I mean, it, that Correct. is some dogs right there, buddy. Yes, that and that's what I want for my interior. Right yeah. That's what I want for my interior offensive yeah. line. Yeah, and then, so then you got you know, and if you were going to take guys off their best single season, I still think Liam Eikenberg's twenty twenty season was better than Ronnie Stanley's best season. I do. I thought Liam Eikenberg was excellent, but Ronnie Stanley had two really good seasons. Yeah, uh, or at least his two best seasons were better than Eikenberg's. His second best season was better than Eikenberg's second best season. Yeah. Yep good stuff that's good stuff yep and then uh defense defensive end oh yeah i mean i'm going justin tuck Justin tuck and isaiah foskey although foskey's gonna be my big end okay my three technique is gonna be stefan to okay my nose tackle is gonna be lewis Nix. i think that's gonna be my my d line because a lot of the other great d linemen bryant young was in the bryant young was in the the 90s Right. I mean, a lot of those Chris Zorch was in the 80s and 90. So, I mean, uh, Tillery, I, I, I've always felt Tillery's a tad overrated. I thought he had like mm-hmm. a couple of really good games. You could look at Sheldon Day, could be in that conversation. And I'm kind of cheating because if I'm going to go with a four down, Stefan Tuitt wasn't technically a defensive end. He was a, a big end in a three down defense. So he's more of a three technique to me. So that's why I'm going with him on that one. Uh, Sheldon Day, uh, Trevor Laws, Derek Landry. Yeah. are all part of that equation but i just think that group that i just mentioned is is the is the was the, the best okay. now trevor laws and Derek landry and sheldon day are coming off the bench for me and be a little yeah. harder to find some backup ends uh victor abby miri being that conversation for the ends but yeah that that my, my interior is gonna be pretty dang good of yes. that one but yeah i just some people say i just wasn't a huge jerry tillery fan i just he was too inconsistent for me he was. He really had one year of production, and, and half of his sacks that year came in one game, and he had like one sack the rest of the year, like seven games the rest of the just year. Kind of a so. head case to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just I'm sorry. Just give me give me Stefan Tuitt and Lewis Nix and Derek Landry and Trevor Laws and Sheldon Day. I mean, just Sheldon Day's last year in Notre Dame in 2015, he was tremendous. I mean, 15 and a half tackles for loss. You know, he was outstanding. He was outstanding. So that that's my group. Victor Abimiri would have been coming up, would be my next end. He'd be my kind of coming off the bench guy with, uh, you know, with, with Foskey. Those would be my guys there. 
I like it. This like linebacker. It. Linebacker. This is a pretty easy one. I mean, Jalen Smith. If it's anyone other than my Rovers, Jeremiah Wusukor, Moa, yeah. my Mike is Manti yeah. Teo, and my Will <laughs> oh is my Jalen Smith. If it's anybody other than that, Vince, you're fired. Three Buckets Award winners <laughs> all I'm, lining I'm, up at I'm linebacker. Kidding about you being fired, but, but yes, I, yeah, I, it's I'm the not. biggest no-brainer there is. Yes, I mean that's the easiest position group we yes. have so far. Safety's pretty easy as well, in my opinion. It's Harrison Smith and, Harrison and Smith. Kyle Hamilton. Okay, um, cornerback in the two thousands. What say you? Julian Love would be hard to keep off the field. He'd be my field corner, yes. Okay. And my boundary corner is going to surprise you a little bit. You can't. You're yes, I can. Ben Morrison, are you? Yes, I can. I knew it. Yes, I can. I knew it. <laughs> yes, I can. I knew Nobody it. Nobody had him. I mean, he's he was brilliant this year, and he's he the best boundary corner that they've had. I yeah. mean, just put a guy in the boundary and play him man-to-man. I mean, with all due respect to Shane, you know, Walton and Vontez Duff and Robert Bland and Darren Walls and Gary Gray and Kavari Russell and Cole Luke and Troy Pride and all those guys, Benjamin Morrison is just a flat out star. Yeah. You give me, you give me to the field, you give me Julian Love and Benjamin Morrison to the boundary, and I'm going to have with Harris Smith and Kyle Hamilton at safety. You I'm got pretty, pretty dang good secondary. Good, yeah. Pretty dang good secondary. Who's, who's your nickel? My nickel. You can't really go mm. wrong with the way Tariq Bracey played this past year. I mean, Cole Luke was pretty good as a nickel. I'd You're probably, right. you know, who I'd probably put in the nickel. He didn't play in the mm-hmm. nickel. I'd probably put Kavari there. I think Kavari would have been a great. Okay, nickel. all right. And Kavari Russell been a great nickel. Yeah, he'd he'd have been there. Somebody said, "What about Zibby? He's Zibby a was a safety. great guy. He he's was not a, a great safety. He'd be a rover in today's defense. Yeah, he's, he agreed. was not a great cover. He great, Zibby was a great. He could he was really good at forcing turnovers. Yeah. And he was a great hitter, but he was he just not wasn't good, good in coverage. coverage. Yeah, he's yeah. not good. He got beat so many times in coverage. Yeah. And look, if I'm if I'm putting together my punt return team, I put it back there returning punts. Like, he's oh, there's no doubt. Returner. There's he's no doubt. He's returner. my starting punt returner. Yeah. There's no question about that. He, there's room. There's yeah. room for Zibikowski on my team. He's my punt returner. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And you know, uh, I think that's a pretty good squad. What yeah. Let's say you, Vince. I think we can win a couple games with that group. Yeah. I think so you, too. You and I coaching it, we could probably win a few games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we could screw that up. That's what I'm saying. Who's your? Here's one. Who's your backup quarterback? My backup quarterback. I, Clawson uh, has a ton of talent, but I don't know that he would want to sit and be someone's backup. That's all right. He, you get a pick. That guy's going to want to be on your team. He can't want to be. He can't play for anybody else. He's got to play for Notre Dame. That's the team that he played for. So he can't That's go true. play for Alabama. He's got to play for the team he played for. But if we're just going talent, it's got to be it's got to be Clawson. It's him or Everett for me. Okay. It, that's who it is for me. With with all due respect to all the other guys, it's 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 got to be one of and, and here's my my hope is and if we're having a serious conversation like let's pretend this is gonna happen. I think <laughs> Jimmy Clawson sitting behind Brady Quinn for two years would have been phenomenal for him. Yeah. Because he could have learned what how do you how do you win respect in the locker room Correct. that way? Right. And the fact that he him and Brady were a year apart and he never actually got to learn from Brady killed him because Jimmy's biggest thing was an utter lack of humility that he was not provided by his family. Yes. And Charlie Weiss didn't help it at all. No. So to me, Jimmy um to me needed that. And I think he would have learned a little bit of that from Brady wouldn't be able to kind of like, Hey, cause here's the thing. If you, if you didn't mess with Brady too much, Brady's a big dude, right? Mm-hmm. Brady doesn't miss curl day and doesn't miss leg day. <laughs> right. 
Okay. <laughs> so you might not want to piss Brady off, uh, but I, in all seriousness, I think he would have, he would have done great. Um, if he could have yeah. had some time to learn behind Brady Quinn and didn't have to get uh, thrust in as great a leadership and, character yeah. doing how to go about your business as a, as a professional, as a leader, Jimmy would have, right. it would have been invaluable for Jimmy to learn that. Yeah. So, and, and then Everett same Everett's Everett's the other one in that conversation for me. Okay. He'd be the other one that comes. You could have a three quarterback three room. It's nothing wrong with that's that. That's a heck of a room. Yeah. Yeah. That's a heck not, of a room. I hope that, that changes in a couple of years. But uh, somebody said, "Who would be the coach of your team in the two thousands? Um, well, Urban Meyer. That's who my coach is. Oh, interesting. Because remember, Urban Urban coached at Notre Dame in the two thousands. Yeah, because he was on Davy's staff. Yep. 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 And I believe his last year in Notre Dame was 2000. So, yeah, there you go. He, he made it. He made, <laughs> he made it in by the skin of his teeth. <laughs> Somebody said no Ian Book. Oh, I, oh, that's Tommy Guns. He's being sarcastic. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. being himself. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, just, I don't know who else. I mean, here's your options. You take Bob Davy. Ty Willingham, Charlie Weiss, or Brian Kelly, or Marcus Freeman. Like, you know, I'd probably go with Marcus Freeman next just because he'd recruit and yeah. and he understands the need to coach football a little bit more than Charlie. But, you know, you talk about if, like, in all seriousness, like you have Urban as your head coach, Charlie Weiss as your offensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman running your, your defense. defense. Yeah, seriously. And your, and your lead recruiter, you know, I'd have Harry Heastan as my O line coach. I'd have Tony Alford coaching running backs. Brian Mason uh, is my uh Brian Mason's coach. without question my special teams coach. You know, you probably get Mike Elson coaching your D-line, although you know, Greg Madison in his prime would have been a guy in consideration there. Marcus is coaching uh th- there. You got uh, Urban is your head coach, you said, right? You'd have uh Mike Mickens coaching the corners. Absolutely. No question about that. Uh Mike Dembrock would be my tight ends coach, no question about that. Receivers coach would be a little bit different. Um, because you know, you'd have Urban can't, there, but he's the head say, coach. Can't, can't Urban coach a receiver? Yeah, but he's the head coach. So right. I'd, I'd have to think about the receiver one, to <clears throat> be honest with you. I'd have to think about that one a little bit. But, I mean, honestly, with Urban Meyer as your head coach and Charlie Weiss as your, as your, as your quarterback's coach, you don't necessarily need a great recruiter at receiver's coach. He's the guy that can coach the position. Uh, you're gonna Think about the dynamic recruiters you'd have on that staff. <laughs> That's a fun thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Dembrock wouldn't be my receivers coach. He'd be my tight ends coach. He was more of a tight ends coach by trade. And when he coached the receivers at Notre Dame, he had a GA that helped him a bunch, Ryan Mahaffey. So he could do it, but he wasn't, he would have been better at tight end, in my opinion. He was a really good tight ends coach because he was a tackles tight ends coach at one point in time as mm-hmm. well. But he could do it. He's a he, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. Crystal down there, Crystal Rose down there trying to start some problems. Vince, did you see her? <laughs> see her oh, I did. I certainly did. <laughs> I certainly so, did. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to think about the receivers coach one. That, that's that's a, that's an interesting one. I have to think about that one a little bit. So All anyway, right. that's it, Vince. There it is. So thanks uh, everybody for joining us. Rob Ionello was a decent recruiter, overrated recruiter. He was an awful receivers coach, awful, <laughs> awful receivers coach. So yes, that's it, Vince. Now you can now you can okay. take us out of here. All right, sounds good. But Brian, thank you for taking some time and joining us uh, on the show today. Really appreciate it. Otherwise, it would have just been me blabbing on by myself. So I appreciate that very much. I would have been like another local talk show host who asks himself questions and then answers them. So I didn't want to be that guy. So I appreciate you joining up. And uh, make sure you hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you know when we are coming up. 
It's always fun, always exciting. And yeah, what baseball dates are we looking for? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, und.com, click baseball. That's what I would say. I know that they've got some interesting uh, games coming up, but uh, I'm not sure what baseball you're looking for. So anyway, Brian, for Brian, I'm Vince. Thanks everybody for joining us on IB Nation Sports Talk.